Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast on trade secret protection in the life sciences field. My name is Gaia Gasparini, and I'll be mediating the discussion between Roberto Valenti, partner at DLA Piper Italy, based in the Milan office, and Ray Miller, partner at DLA Piper USA, based in the Philadelphia office. Before we get started, I would just like to say that both Roberto and Ray are top players in the intellectual property life sciences field, and their knowledge and experience can definitely teach us more on this topic today. So without further ado, I would dive into this discussion by first asking you, what are the main issues when it comes to trade secrets and why is their protection so relevant both to clients in the US and Europe? I think we can start off with you, Ray. You can break the ice. Sure, be happy to. So first, I'm very happy to be here. appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk about trade secrets and its role in uh, life science companies in the United States. So from my perspective, I think that uh, trade secrets are another way that life science companies can create assets and place value on... So from my perspective, trade secrets in the United States are relevant to life science companies because they add another asset that can be valued by third parties. Uh, I've spent my career trying to create assets and uh, provide exclusivities and using trade secrets as a balancing between patent rights and regulatory exclusivity really avail life science companies of an opportunity to uh, create assets and protect things that are not e easily deconstructed by third parties. So from um, my client's perspective, what I am focused on is identifying those trade secrets that are important to their operations and then balancing whether we want to risk disclosing those trade secrets in a patent application because of the requirements to do so in order to get patent rights. So it's all a balancing act, uh, and it's another prong in uh, asset creation for clients in the United States that are focused in the life science space. Roberto, I think that's your cue. Uh, yes. Hello, everyone. Roberto Valenti uh, from the Milan office, uh, DLA Piper. Well, I, I can echo what uh, Ray just said about the increasing importance of, uh, of trade secrets, not only in the life science sector, but in every sector. Uh, in Europe, we do have a uniform uh, uh, protection for trade secrets since uh, 2016, and this has created uh, a, a trend towards uh, trade secret protection uh, uh, in uh, in many companies uh, as uh, ray was saying many companies uh, uh, find uh, the trade secret protection more appealing than patent protection in some cases because trade secrets is potentially perpetual and uh, and also uh, with trade secret protection you can protect uh, um, not only technical innovations, and we, 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 whenever we think of trade secret, we think of the Coca-Cola formula, but actually the, 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 the scope of application of trade secrets is much wider. And there is an increasing importance of trade secrets uh, thanks to aggregated data and artificial intelligence. So our experience with clients operating in the in, in the sector and also with client uh, operating in, a, in other sector is that uh, 
there is uh, they they understand trade secrets in is are are very important uh, they understand they want protection and sometimes they need the guidance on how to manage their trade secrets because still even in uh, um, let's say uh, uh, sophisticated uh, companies uh, the protection of trade secrets uh, is not uh, um, um, uh, is often non not correctly uh, managed so uh, an increasing importance of trade secrets uh, uh, as a, an alternative or a complement to the patent protection uh, in the life science sector and in other sectors yeah exactly and when it comes to clients specifically in the life sciences, what is it that they don't know about trade secrets and what should they seek for their their business? Yeah, so I'll go first. Uh, this is Ray Miller. Um, so uh, I want to echo a little bit of what Roberto's, Roberto uh, talked about, and that is that there has been a shift in the law. And yeah, it's, it's interesting to me, at effectively the same time. Congress in the United States in 2016 passed the Defend Trade Secrets Act. And really what that was the first time where there was a federal cause of action for uh, theft of trade secret. And it, it was an attempt to put uh, teeth into an earlier uh, Economic Espionage Act, recognizing the importance that trade secrets were playing. And at that same time, around 2016 is where you start to start to see less reliance on on patents in the United States and when Roberto uh, talks about the fact that trade secrets are often thought as the coke formula and as technical innovation we should expand the concept to trade secret to be you know operations of our business who our key, our key clients are what our partnership arrangements are anything that has value to us and is not known to other people and cannot be easily uh, deconstructed, should be considered uh, to be managed as a trade secret. Now, getting to the question of you know why the protection of trade secrets is particularly relevant uh, to life science companies uh, is because of um, the emergence of uh, uh, more technically uh, um, important and, and convoluted resolutions and, and um, solutions to problems in the life sciences. And what I mean by that is if you take a small molecule and all you're trying to do is replicate that small molecule like generics do, it's a fairly easy deconstruction most of the time. But if you take a look at a biologic product or an algorithm used in, a, in digital solutions, those, those things are very difficult to deconstruct. And so I think... Um, using the trade secrets as a balance to the heavy importance that has tradition, traditionally been placed on patents in the life sciences sector is why it has become particularly relevant uh, in the life sciences. The other aspect of it being important in the life sciences is outside of that Hatch-Waxman litigation where you're entitled to an injunction for a period of time it is increasingly difficult in the United States to get a an injunction based on a patent in the life sciences sector. Um, 
the law shifted, and it, you know, in the uh, early early portion of this decade, or in the, uh, around 2012, 2014, the law shifted where you were no longer entitled to an automatic injunction when you asserted your patent in the United States. And as a result, if you look at the prongs that would result in injunctive relief, when you are trying to enforce a patent against someone who has a solution to a healthcare problem, uh, the public policy consideration is going to far outweigh the need to be able to enforce your patent in most cases. But that's not the case in a trade secret uh, issue. So a trade secret issue, if you are out um, and you are prepared, as Roberto mentioned, you know, making sure that you have your trade secrets managed appropriately, you're going to be able to go out and seek an injunction because the only way you're going to be able to um, – resolve the issue of irreparable harm is through injunctive relief. So I think it's a balancing act again, and I think uh, it's important for companies in the life sciences sector to consider the trade secret aspect as an important approach. Very interesting. Roberto, do you have something to add on that? Yes. Uh, I mean, we, we talk... I mean, trade, uh, life science is a sector where uh, there is a lot of effort for innovation, not only in the pharmaceutical sector, part of the sector, but also the medical device uh, is based on, uh, on uh, innovation. And we have said that uh, trade secrets do not cover only technical innovation, but still the most important part of trade secrets is the part the, the, the part that cover technical innovation. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is a lot of data uh, uh, in the uh, trade secrets, uh, uh, in the life science sector. So a lot of data that potentially can be protected as uh, uh, trade secrets uh, from the very uh, early stage. I mean, to come to a patent, uh, uh, it takes several uh, years, and uh, and then you have to 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 obtain the marketing authorization. Having part of the information, the process of manufacturing, the part of the information protected as a trade secrets um, uh, is extremely relevant. Uh, uh, for um, pharmaceutical company, but again, for medical device producers to complement their patent protection. So uh, pharma company and, uh, and, uh, and the medical device companies are among the most, uh, uh, the, 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 the most important uh, uh, applicants for patents worldwide. But also, I mean, I, I would say that uh, uh, the, the same effort should be put uh, in the um, uh, correct management of their trade secrets. And again, the, uh, uh, there are at least two aspects that need to be uh, taken into, into consideration. The first is that uh, confidential data are often uh, companies need to share confidential data internally and somehow sometimes externally. Having uh, 
the co- a correct management in place uh, with regard to data is uh, extremely important uh, for uh, the uh, protection of trade secrets. Yeah. And the other point that I would like to point out is uh, um, uh, the importance of uh, uh, managing the employment agreements. The uh, uh, one of the most common ways for the disclosure of trade secrets and for the loss of competitive advantage of the trade secret owner is through, is through employees at the different mm-hmm. stage and the different mm-hmm. level of the organization. Uh, this is why, again, having in place uh, a correct, uh, um, the, the correct uh, um, provisions in the employment agreement and uh, having in place the correct policies uh, in case of uh, to react uh, to a trade secret misappropriation is crucial for companies of uh, of the sector. Yes, exactly. So you've mentioned these problems regarding management and implementation of policies regarding trade secret protection. So what are some pragmatic suggestions that you would give to your clients? Sure. I'll go first again. Um, you know, Roberto mentioned a couple uh, words that I want to sort of make sure that I highlight from a trade secret perspective, and that was employees, because employees are typically one of the the key places that you'll see trade secret misappropriation occur. That's either when an employee joins your organization or when an employee leaves your organization. Uh, you have to be aware that they're going to be the potential for trade secret issues. The second thing that uh, Roberto said was react and um, understanding that when trade secret misappropriation happens, you're not in a position where you are able to then recreate all of the things that had went on in the past because you have to act very fast because the key to trade secret protection is to keep that trade secret a secret. And uh, the longer the time passes that it takes for you to build your case, uh, the less likely the remedy is going to be to keep it as a secret. So from my perspective, it's very pragmatic that uh, when a client uh, has an employee join the company, that they do a, they do uh, an interview that includes identifications of issues that they should be worried about from their prior employment. Because... Uh, most of our clients, uh, all of our clients, want to avoid the situation where they're uh, faced with being contaminated with trade secrets from a previous employer. So from a, uh, an entrance interview perspective, and similarly on an exit interview, that you want to make sure that you identify the things that your employee has been exposed to and those things that they should be aware in the exit interview are important to your operation and almost as a warning as they approach uh, the next employment not to use those trade secrets. But more practically, I think it is managing trade secrets as an asset. So, you know, too often when we go to clients um, and we talk to them about trade secrets, of course they know that they have trade secrets, but they don't have them discreetly identified. They haven't educated their employees on the importance of trade secrets. They haven't assigned priorities. 
and they're treating you know the trade secret that is where are the bathroom keys as the same as the trade secret of the Coca-Cola formula. And those two things just don't need to be treated the same way. And if you do, and you go to a judge and you try to explain why it's important that uh, you get the relief that you're seeking, and you're not able to to tell that judge how you've protected the trade secret and discreetly what is the trade secret that you're worried about, cases in the United States have shown over and over again that it's going to be unlikely that you get your relief. So uh, from my perspective, I think it starts when the client has the employee join. They start educating the client on the importance of trade secrets. That's an important aspect when when they join. Um, they then you know, repeatedly expose the employee to the fact that trade secrets are important to our organization. We want you to not only get into a system where you're disclosing them to us, we're going we're gonna to manage those, we're going to audit those, and we're going to make sure that um, trade secrets are treated accordingly. And if we decide to allow a trade secret to become part of a patent application, then we're not going to treat that as a trade secret any longer. So it's all about education, management, auditing, and making sure that your employees understand that you respect the intellectual property of third parties, and they need to make sure that they respect your intellectual property. Yes, I completely agree. And Roberto, have you been working on some solution uh, for your clients? Or in general, what are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, again, I'm going to echo uh, what uh, Ray said. And uh, to my understanding, the uh, uh, situation is very similar in the US and in Europe. I will say that the magical word is uh, government, governance. And uh, uh, so the appointment of a trade secrets manager, the draft of trade secrets policies, and the draft of, uh, uh, of misappropriation response plan are sort of the the basics that uh, any uh, uh, life science client should have. Uh, Ray have already mentioned, so I'm not going to repeat the employment, uh, the importance of the employment agreement agreements, both inbound and outbound. The, Ray also mentioned the criteria for identification, classification, and recording of uh, of the. Um, of the trade secret of the information uh, and the importance of the awareness and education policies. So the employees at different stages shall be trained on the importance of the, shall understand uh, the, 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 the kind of information that they manage and the importance of, uh, that the, the information can have for the company. And Sometimes uh, uh, information, uh, confidential information, shall be uh, uh, shall be shared with third parties, and in this case, having a confidentiality confidentiality agreement in place, which can be enforced. After all, it, it is important. Uh, as said, uh, still, even in a sector which is very mature in terms of uh, trade secret protection, like the life science, uh, we have seen that some clients uh, do not have all these things 
properly uh, managed. And uh, uh, in this regard, um, uh, we have sort of created the tool, a legal tech tool called Trade Secret Scorebox. This will be launched very soon. Basically, it is a, 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 a way to understand the level of maturity uh, of uh, the management of trade secrets within organization. Uh, and it should uh, sort of uh, raise the attention of the uh, companies uh, on the importance of trade secrets, on the importance of the correct management of trade secrets. Uh, and uh, and it, this is a, a truly international issue because in many cases, uh, pharma companies and uh, uh, medical device producer, producers are multinational. So you, you have to to put in place uh, an organization and rules that uh, allow you, as uh, Ray was saying, to enforce your rights in the case uh, uh, a, a misappropriation take place. That was very well said. I think we can end on that. Thank you both for participating in this podcast, and thank you all for listening. Our pleasure. Thank you.